Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. I'm jumping on before this episode, which you're going to love, and it's about getting our sexy on and our power back in our bodies and all of that. I'm jumping on first because I want to tell you about the retreat that's happening in Ojai, California. I'm doing this with another friend, a friend of mine who's an artist, and we're doing a retreat for bringing women's juju back in and getting us all turned on and creative and ready to go out in the world and sexy up the world, but also bring our passion to our projects, to our dreams, whether they're families or whether they're worldwide impact or just simply something you're doing in your town. Let's give it all our power and give it all our love. So if you have a dream for your life, a desire you want to create, something you have to do, a contribution you might make, something that feels like your life is going to be just not quite complete if you don't do it, it's now. Now is the time. And we have this amazing retreat to support you in doing that. It it will lift you. It will guide you. It will give you back what you need to have the strength, the courage, the confidence, the power, the grace, and the beauty to live your dream, be your dream, and make your contribution in the world. We would love you to come. There's a website called EmergingFeminine.com that you can go to, or you can find me on HolyFuckPodcast.com. We invite you now to check this out, Encountering the Empress Within, An Intimate Awakening, October 25th through 27th in Ojai, California. We would love to have you there. We would love you to be bold enough to take this opportunity and commit to yourself and your dream and jump in with two feet. That's www.emergingfeminine.com or reach me, Catherine, at the Holy Fuck Podcast. Thank you so much, and we have a great show for you today. Take good care. Spread the love. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. When I get that feeling, I want sexual healing. Sexual. Uh, sexual. Uh-huh. Sexual. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Oh, talk about baby. What's going on? Oh, I sure talk? do. Talk can about talk? whatever it is. <laughs> we can talk. And whose voice is that on this podcast today? Oh, we had so much fun a couple of weeks ago chatting with Andrea Levaugh from Dope Ass Mom that we just had to get her back in here to, to see her dope ass self again. Because, you know, last time we talked about parenting and her business and her journey. Um, stepping up in the world as a comedian, and we want some sexy time. It's the holy fuck sexy podcast, so we need sex time. That's what I said at the end of the last podcast. We're all the fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so yay, you're back. Thank you. Nice for, to see you. Um, nice to see you. Hanging guys. with us again, of course. So what's been going on? Well, lots of things, but I'm so excited. I I felt like this was the next natural progression, right? We talked yeah. about awakening and what's happening and. Now we get to talk about your body awakening. Body awakening. What happened as you started to reclaim yourself? 
So where were you before you had kids, then kids, and then where were you awakening? Well, yeah, and the awakening process as you started to step into yourself. What happened with your sensuality and wherever you want to take this girl? (laughs) 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 But it was very much alive. I mean, it was very much alive before. Before what? Before before children. children. I always felt sexy. (laughs) I remember I read this book, um, and you know I'm from Texas, which isn't technically the South, but there is this way that I feel like Southern women have where, like, we're sort of taught to flirt, and I sort of I was a flirt. I'm still a flirt, but I flirted you know i think i got that too flirting yeah (laughs) yeah you don't have to be from the south but it's like she's from the the south South. it's like this flirty kind of flirting with the world Mm, you know like because we have to be good arm candy in the south right that's how i was brought up more yeah but even so like i think there's this way that you can sort of go through the world and and flirt in a way that's not you know disempowering it's just sort of like yes you're getting what you want but it's also like a sort of it's an art yeah, and it's I not. It, it's not a direct manipulation. It's not you're a saying. direct it's, manipulation. It's actually yeah. just your way of sort of making love to the world. Exactly. In some ways, yeah. Right? I I always get you know people make fun of me because I'm like oh the valet you know if some a valet guy the valet valet <laughs> says you know compliments me or you know I say thank you I like it I don't mind Absolutely. it I don't mind the I don't take it as a oh he you know doesn't respect me or right. I I take it as a way of like oh he's appreciating yeah something that he sees. And damn, and, I work hard to look yeah, like I don't mind it. As soon as I stop getting flirted with, like that I mean, keep keep it coming. I don't mind it. So yeah. Sweet. But then after children, I think and I don't think that I changed physically. That's the interesting thing. It's inside it shut mm. down. How so? I think, you know, the responsibility of having children and yeah. the day to day it can kill it. You know, it can sort of at least dumb it, numb it down. <laughs> dumb it down, numb it down. Dumb it down. Here we go again. Number and number. Number and number. We're alluding to the this last This is where we ended podcast. the last podcast, wasn't number. it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think it just sort of – and it, it certainly doesn't help with, the le- you know, your time, right? Like it's oh, – you know, right. I didn't have as much time for myself. I didn't have time to – to feel of, sexy and to, to be sexy and to put on lingerie and to feel you know buy myself flowers and to take a bath and lingerie to, help not yeah. enough time to put on the lotion right, exactly <laughs> to so brush the teeth. how about it's a no, shower today yeah it's no wonder you know women tend to lose that um, kind of and then I think probably some people don't ever get it back or don't ever try or don't don't even know that you can right right like, so when do you feel like you started reclaiming that part of yourself. Well, it's interesting because I I started to do. I was naturally drawn to S Factor, which do you guys you guys are familiar? Yeah, with. just well, say we a few words about your experience it, of it. Like I, you know, I didn't. I I think if I went there because I wanted to work out and I thought pole dancing sounded fun. Okay, so <laughs> and, tell our audience what it is. So it's a it's pole dancing, but it's um it's more for you. So not for dollars. Not for dollars. <laughs> in a group of which women. Which you could do, yeah. I guess, later. Which I totally would do. I think that sounds so fun. <laughs> um, but it's it's a supportive group of women. It's a dark room. There's no mirrors. It's not for show. It's really just kind of moving meditation. To like tap um, in. Tap into your, they call it your, your EC, your erotic creature. Nice. Mm. So that was sort of my first experience of, even before I went on the spiritual journey, of sort of feeling the inside, like, feel, you know, like mm. taking the time to to feel what it felt like to be inside and to not sort of worry about someone complimenting me or what they thought of me and just sort of, I don't know, it was my first like internal 
What were some, weren't there different names for the creatures or the dance archetypes? Yeah. So my, so yeah, people, ha- I don't know if they had names, but like some people like mine, like loves layers. So I like loved to layer up, put on a sweater, a hoodie, hide my face mm. and then like slowly kind of strip them away. Oh, nice. So it was like different things, you know, some people's were really loud and like loved to be seen and loved like, look at me kind of. And mine was, you know, more timid, but then, you know, like. Some are know. more dominant. Dom- yeah, yeah, like dominatrix. Is that the word? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that or dom- dominating. Yeah. Or, or like um, shy and coy. Yeah. They, I just, I, my bestie um, did a lot of Oh, that's factor. right. Yeah, yeah, she had one in her, in her house that we <laughs> yes, played with does. for a while. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She actually, that was part of her second year project at school too because yes. we all went to a club in Hollywood. Oh my gosh, did you know I still have those on my phone? Oh so my she gosh. shared with me those um, <laughs> photos those photos, and they're in my iCloud and I see, I, they're so funny. And this is what's great is that this was part of her journey as being, she was a mom and PTA president and all of that type of thing and getting up and for her project and doing this Pole dancing. Pole dancing in front of everybody. It was part of her like coming back and reclaiming herself as a woman and taking like the quote unquote tackiness apart, you know, away from right. like the being in, a, in the stigma of being in a strip club and men sticking dollars in. Now, sticking dollars. We did have money at her project <laughs> right, performance right. and we had fun throwing right. the money on the stage and she had fun rolling around in the money and that was, you know, just for the hoot and holler of it, but it wasn't about sexualizing. Exactly. It. I think yeah, like I think Sheila's whole thing was if you take the the guy out of it and you take the transaction Sheila Kelly, the- Sheila Kelly that it's a beautiful way that a woman's a woman's body was meant to move. You yeah. know, they call it the S curve. Like we're sort of mm. taught to like walk through the planet like a robot, you know, kind of like a man would. And we're not, you know, we're like feminine, fluid, fluid curvy, like all of that. So that's that's kind of juicy. That was, yeah. Juicy. So- <laughs> that was my first experience. And I was in my twenties. Yeah, yeah, I was twenty two, twenty three. Great. Yeah. Wow. That must have been great. It was great. I mean, it was like, wow. So anytime I would go dancing after that with my girlfriends, they'd be like, oh, my God, you're like a man magnet. Like, what the heck? Every time you go out and do these moves, like, because they would just naturally come out. And the way I moved was sexier. Right. And I gave myself permission to sort of move in that kind of flow and that, like, kind of round, curvy movement. And Mm -hmm. people respond to that. It's not because you look different. It's because you're putting on a different... I think vibe you're putting off that like right. I'm comfortable in my body. It doesn't have to do with clothes, it doesn't have to do with clothes or hair, yeah. anything. It's like how you're carrying yourself. Well, let's right. just say it probably doesn't hurt to have well. <laughs> a beautiful pair of body that you are carrying around in the world. But the absolutely your point is how you are in your body right. is what's so attractive and what starts drawing men towards you. And even just other women sometimes just really are attracted to like how are you moving and I want to feel the way you look like you feel when yeah. you're doing it that, It does right? feel so – it feels good. Yeah. It does feel good. And it shows, I guess. So, so how then, do you think you've grown from, like, well, your 20s doing that? That you know? I mean, that was my therapy in my 20s. You mm-hmm. know, like, that was my spiritual – that was that was my practice. And then I had children, and um, it's sort of, you know, like a lot of things just got pushed aside. Yeah. Um, and so then I didn't really take the – 
after children, I don't think I took the the sexual exploration route. I took the more inner spiritual. And then as I stepped more into that, that other s- sexual part started to come back. Mm. Yeah. So what did you notice? What You know, it, it occurs to me that that might be um, connected to your reawakening yourself and the choice that I've heard you talk about that you made to actually, well, if, my, if I'm providing this for my kids, why am I not providing it for myself? Right, exactly. And that awakening. So, you know, what age were your kids? How long had it been, you know, before you started to really step back in? And what did you start to experience? What do our women who maybe feel a little number and are wondering about this, what do they have to look forward to? What, what kind of steps did you take? All sorts of, whenever I, you feel like talking about. I think I started to feel like, okay, now I'm a mom. And like, I'm frumpy and I don't want to be a frumpy mom. You know, like I, I can be a mom and I can be frumpy, but I can't be a frumpy mom. And it just I it just was the stereotype of these of this, you know, type of woman that sort of doesn't shower. And I was that person. I was totally that person. We've all been. And, all I, been. and I still am sometimes, you yeah. know, like I but I'm not, you know, it's like I might look like that on the outside, but I'm not the same frumpy on the inside. It's like I couldn't be in- internally frumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. it was just I was sick of it. I, you know, I was I was living, you know, I the, well, I got a coach. That's what happened. Uh. I um I found Christine Hassler, my coach, and I I found her online and my daughter was a year old and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I don't mm-hmm. know who I am. I don't know where I I felt like I sold out. That was my main like thing is like I knew I had all these dreams. I knew I had all this, you can call it energy, sexual energy, whatever it was. It had all shut down. And I just knew, I don't know, there's something in me that knew it didn't have to be that way. And I needed someone to help Mm -hmm. draw it out. I think that's a great point I think all of our listeners can think about is, you know, are you trying to do this journey alone? Right. Mm. You know, most of us do. We try for a while. We We have so many people we're giving stuff to, right? We're giving to our kids, giving to our husbands, giving to our lives, giving to the school, all sorts of things, and maybe even a bunch of friends, too. And when was the last time you stopped and gave that much energy to yourself? Right. Yeah. Like if, so you're, getting if a your coach. child came to you, like pretend your child could speak at one. <laughs> and they're like, wow, I just feel really off. Like I don't feel myself. You'd be like, oh, my God, this one-year-old like, needs a therapist. You know? So let's get her like, the help. Yeah, let's get her the help. You'd do anything. Right. You, you know, you'd travel to if, whatever the means you had you would use to, to help them. So think yeah, about that for yourself. Yeah, and I, I like what you're saying also because if we think about it, these can often be the places where illness starts, mm-hmm. where we we let go of taking care of ourselves and then we find ourselves starting to get ill and we don't pay attention because we st- keep giving and keep giving. So another place for us to look, ladies, is consider that as you let go of these really important needs that are yours, that you're actually possibly letting go of your own health. If your kid came to you and was sick, you would even pause for one second. If you even thought they had a sniffle, well, why are you walking around with a backache? Why are you walking around when your joints hurt? Why haven't you checked that out? You know, so it does come back to your needs and in particular, your sexual needs, your sensuality, giving yourself back to yourself. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about awakening to that as you woken, as you woke up to your life journey of being a comedian and all that. Did that help? It did. I think I stopped thinking of those things as – I stopped thinking of the things that I would do to take care of myself as like, oh, I'm so – you know, like 
I guess people say self-care, right? Yeah. Like I'm taking a self-care day or like I'm getting my hair done because I. it's like, no, I'm doing that because I – that's a need of mine. Mm-hmm. Like it's not – It's not selfish. It's not a treat. You right. know, right. Right. Me, like, take, yeah, it's a need. Like, I feel better when I have my hair done. I feel better when I have a manicure. I feel better when I have these certain things and I don't look at it as like, oh, this is a treat. I'm treating mm-hmm. myself. Like, and I'm a nicer mom. And a yeah, nicer I'm a nicer partner, mom. A nicer and I'm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And let's take it, Andrea, into that place where what happens for you when you meet your needs? I f- what what I goes feel, on inside Yeah, like you? I, feel, I feel like I'm taking care of myself. I feel like I feel safe. I think I feel safe mm. with myself and I feel like I'm I don't need someone else to meet my needs. I'm I'm meeting my own needs. I'm sort of self I don't know if the word sufficient, but like I'm mm. I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. I don't need someone else to do that for me. And sometimes you might need someone else to contribute to you because that's what you need in order to get right. that fulfilled. You can't do it yourself. Right. And what you're saying now is you realized there was a way that because you had let go of any of your self-care, you had to take it back. Exactly. Right? Like no one else can do it for you, right? Like You have to make it a priority. Yeah. yeah, you have to make it a priority. Yeah. So as you did that, you started to come back into contact with your woman self. Right. And I do think having kids like put me more in my body. Like mm-hmm. I feel sexier now than I did before kids. Can you I guys relate too. to that? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if there was just so much self judgment in my 20s or comparison to other people I don't feel like I compare myself anymore like I did back in my 20s yeah I don't know something about kids it made me feel I mean not directly after like the year after but as like I feel sexier as a mom than I did ever in my 20s or 30s before I had children do you think that has anything to do with the way you've you know built your career and your confidence level and your creativity probably and just feeling like I'm in my element and I'm on purpose and feeling like I'm, yeah, like here doing what I was meant to do. I think it does bring like a confidence and a sort of, I just don't care so much about what other people think or mm. not so worried about, I'm not worried about being sexy. And I think that's sexy. Right. Yes. Right. And Absolutely. so how do you encourage your sensuality? What do you, what kinds of things do you do? I mean, it could be work. I work because I love my work. So, right. I mean, I do notice there's some clothing things that you might possibly <laughs> yeah. do. It's so funny because I used to um, wear like low cut tops all the time, like in my 20s. Like mm-hmm. that was like the way to feel the way sexy I felt sexy. Yeah. And some of my friends are like, wow, you have really good boobs and you never show them. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I used to all the, you know, that used to be like my thing. And so I have a boob thing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now what do you have a thing with? Well, now it's just like I don't I don't know. I don't I don't dress to be sexy, I guess. I think I just I love pretty clothes and I like it's like I focus on like the feel of the fabric on my body or like mm. I focus on you know how I feel in a particular item That's instead great. of what it looks like or what I it, think that's an age thing. You can almost see it like going out to the clubs or to the restaurants. It's like you look at girls who are yeah. in their young 20s and they're going out to a club and what are they in every short black lycra dress low cut belly thing like right it's like a a recipe mm-hmm. and then as you get into your 30s it morphs and then 40s and i find that i when i look at all of those different age groups i think it's so much more attractive to see an older woman who's like what you're saying in some like fucking elegant 
outfit with nice materials and proper lengths and Mm -hmm. accentuating body parts, but not like showing it all. Right. I think we learn how to like dress for our body types. Like as we get, you know, you just start to care about those things more and the quality and what you're like. My shoes, like the shoes I used to wear (laughs) as like a young, you know, adult were not comfortable. So I'm like walking like Bambi, you know, like for the first (laughs) time. And that's not sexy. It's like now I wear shoes that I can walk in. So, you know, I just so I love what you're talking about because what you're reflecting outside and inside is the effect of how you feel in your body with your clothes on, with your clothes off, with your shoes, with a bathing suit, like how do you feel? And then how that projects your sensuality and right. sexuality into the world right. versus how you think you should feel or how you think you should be or what you think you should look like in your 20s if you're wearing the formula outfit. Right. And are you really present? Are you really there for the experience? Or are you just like a little cookie cutter standing there on your little t- right. tilted shoes? No, I don't shoes? think there was a lot of times I wasn't there. I yeah. mean, I was there, but I wasn't there. Well, you're there now because yeah. I just saw those bikini pics. Yeah, we saw some pictures of that. That was a big deal. Awesome. That was a huge deal for me. I, I was encouraged Say by a friend to take, those, to take those. She's. I said, should I wear this? She's like, absolutely. You have a beautiful body. Like, you should take those pictures. But I mean, that shows the growth of, like, where oh, are you? for it's sure. Set, what's the I saying? mean, who the does outside? a bikini shoot with two kids? I mean, <laughs> oh, like, you I have do. two kids, and now I'm going to do a bikini shoot. I mean, it's great. It's such a great example. And I hope that everybody who's listening really understands that this is all about feeling the sense of yourself as a woman. Right. That That's yeah. how you experience that. So tell us more about how that shoot was and what it gave you. Because you could look at that as, Oh, she got a bunch of pictures taken, which is a reflection of your outer image. But talk to us a little bit about, you know, where did you have to come from on the inside that you could even go yes. to that photo shoot and take your picture? That, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I did. I felt self-conscious at first. You know, I did. And I think, well, I think it was helpful to have like a supportive photographer, you know, like someone that could sort of. And I had hype girl. I had my girl there that was like, you know, like. <laughs> good. Turn this way, turn this way, you know, do this. A lot of like um, positioning, positioning, (laughs) right? Like, and just knowing that like they're just photos, right? Like, there's, and you know, I was thinking about it. Like, even swimsuit models probably have pictures where they're like, I hate that. You know, I don't like, of course. Nobody feels 100% all the time, you know, fond of their body, I'm sure. But I try, I try really hard to stop myself when I'm having those thoughts, you know, those. This kind of self-doubting, self – what is the word? like Judging. Judging. <laughs> Self-judging. <laughs> you know, and, and I just noticed that every time you talk about the experience of being in the shoot or being in your body or being in your clothing, when I hear you talk about that, it's like there's a way that you're soften again mm-hmm. to – Yes, I was scared, and when I was able to get a little bit more present with myself – then I was able to experience mm-hmm. my sensuality and, and actually soften into the experience. And once my kids were a certain age, I chose to go into my career and feel good and feel confident. And, oh, I started to feel my sensuality and my sexuality start to rise again. Right. Just wondering what those keys are for other women. So as they listen and they're like, oh, how is she doing that? You know, it's like one step at a time I'm imagining, right? Yeah. I think I'm trying to think of what, I think it is about what makes, what makes you feel sexy? You know, like what makes you feel confident? Is it, 
is it lingerie? Is it wearing some, you know, sexy piece underneath a sweater that nobody knows you're wearing? Mm-hmm. But so you what know. is it for you? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking I the same know. thing. Help us out here. Give us a treat, Andrea. Come on. Butt plugs. <laughs> there awesome. There we go. Just kidding. All day long. <laughs> There's always a hint of truth. No. <laughs> not, not that one. That girl. <laughs> Now you're going to have to give us a real one, though. (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to think about it. Shoes? Yeah. I don't don't know. know. You know, for me, it's having my hair done, I think. I'm just going to – Yeah, it's my hair. It's my hair. When I – because, you know, I went from a blonde to a redhead. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I did that, something just, like, ignited. Like it, Yeah. Like, it's my hair. For me, it's my hair. Absolutely gorgeous on you, and it completely fits you, and I would never know. I can't imagine you as a blonde. I can't Was there a process in taking that step? I had always wanted to be a redhead. Really? Yeah. And then my my um, colors was like, you should do red. You really should try it's red. It's so and I was perfect. Like, okay, why you? not? Why not? And I love I love it. And when I get my hair like professionally done, blown out, like I I always feel amazing. I always feel whatever. You know, it's just like for me, it's my hair. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's so great that you know that, and it's not a thing you have to be ashamed of. Yeah. And it's something you get to celebrate, and it's beautiful oh, thank you. it just matches you so perfectly no wonder your colorist wanted you to yeah. do it it's almost like you know when you feel like you're in the wrong body it was like you feel like you had the wrong hair totally, right? <laughs> thankfully thankfully i felt okay about that that would have been a harder transition <laughs> it would have been a harder transition but one that a lot of people are facing for sure you know and it, in some small way and not to mitigate how big that choice is yeah. and, and changing transforming your sexuality from what you don't feel is right to what you do feel is right, right. that's huge i mean that's a whole other take is on it tiny little piece of it but how many times do we not honor what actually is really true about who we are it's like i'm a redhead right i don't know why i am whatever those choices that we want to make for ourselves or those new directions we're gonna you know we want to take it's how are we going to be with ourselves as we go through big choices and something that's so true for you right and you can't even explain it it has no basis you cannot say to someone i I know I'm a redhead, and I know that because. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, I really get it. This is exactly who I am. And I feel so completely coherent and alive. And next yeah. year when she comes back with black hair, she'll be like, this year I just knew. <laughs> well, it can a- be that way. <laughs> I'm so over-identified with being a blonde, too. Like, oh, I really? being a blonde. Yeah. Like, I was the one that would, like, not even let, like, a tiny bit of root show. Like, I was, like, in the salon every oh. – so, like, it's interesting that now – I can't. I don't know. It it's an interesting like metaphor. That, letting your roots show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the more letting you step into show. who you are and yeah. you're confident, and you can let some roots show. <laughs> not, I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> you know what's so interesting about this too? In this conversation, is the more we care for ourselves in authentic ways that are, matter to us, whether we can explain them or not. Who knows if it's a past life thing when you were redhead and it's coming back through or right. whatever. Maybe I was a Little Mermaid. Yeah. Do you want to sing some songs? Do you want to sing? You want to sing? Because you did already. It was beautiful. This is Look called this sexual stuff. healing. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm a girl? A girl who has everything. I do think you have everything because I've seen the closet. No, just kidding. Can we and, talk about your house? Her house is, holy shit, a reflection of you. I mean, 
Yeah, it was. Bold taste. It was. It was. The house was maybe one of the first steps that I that the mm. house was before I even dyed my hair. Interesting. Yeah. Because think of this. Now, were you have? Did you have kids already when you did the house? Or no? yep, already uh-huh. had kids. The thing so about you started like a physical structure that's mm-hmm. not your body is an easier place to start with change or yeah. making bold choices, and then we make it on the outside in our outside world, and then slowly start bringing it right. inward. That's so true. That's so great. And it's such a journey to honor ourselves. It and is, And to yeah. actually say, this is what's true for me. Take it or leave it. Yeah, exactly. And it's sexy. It's sexy as high. I mean, yeah. can you imagine if a guy was just like, this is me. Take it or leave it, baby. I take it. <laughs> yeah. Assuming I liked More it. Assuming you liked what it was he had to but offer. There is, I think that's what's the sexiest thing about of a man course. is confidence. Like someone with I we my friends and I joke we call it BDE. Do you guys know what BDE is? <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> Big dick energy. <laughs> it's like you don't. Why even don't have we to, know what BDE you is? You guys God. have to know what BDE is. So it, it's not even a big dick. It's like big dick energy. Yes. And women can have it too. Mm-hmm. And I surround. I mainly surround myself with. I want BV energy. <laughs> yeah, or B like I'd rather vagina have the BDE. <laughs> yeah, BTE. But yeah, so that that energy. I like that. Yeah, I just, and men do think too. It's cocky, but like, I think there's a line, right, between something. Yes, that, the, being an the asshole and, and being and, just yeah. completely uh, mach- not machismo, but what's the word for their BDE? Yeah, <laughs> BDE is an acronym. You know, it's it's so funny when you think about it. It's actually someone really being themselves. So a man who has that energy is a man who that energy is true for. Yeah, you know, there may be men who ego. have a little like, more. Um, you know, feminine energy blended in. Like you said, you realize you actually really like this type of man that has an energy. You don't yeah. need them to be doing, I don't know, other butt things. Bugs. I'm just kidding. Whatever <laughs> it is. I can't believe it's I like said you- butt <laughs> I actually swear I've never used one. I'm not against it. But you know, now that you've said it, I will have to say it like yeah. five times in the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for you, this person is ideal. The way you respond to someone who yeah. your friends and you call BDE is ideal. For it me, might, yeah. 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 Because what do you think? Okay, so that's how he appears on the outside. So then what do you assume about his insides? So I make the assumption that he get what maybe I make the assumption that he gives himself he knows what he wants and then he goes for it and he gives it to himself. Gives himself which permission. Is sexy. Yeah, it gives himself permission to to be a certain way or I don't know. There's something Do you think it feels safe? It feels safe. I think it does feel safe. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. It's like yeah. So he knows how to take care of things. He knows how to take care of himself. So he yeah. can then extend that, you know, take not take care of me, but sort of be there, maybe hold the space. Or be able to match you right. as you're the BTE. Right. <laughs> BTE. I'm going with BV. <laughs> you guys you can go have take. the big badge. I'll, I'll <laughs> my tiny I don't one. The, I don't want the BV. No, my I guess one. I don't really want a BV. Yeah, I don't know if we want BV. <laughs> no, but we well, want that energy. I think energy. we want BDE. I'm sticking with it. I want big dick energy. Like, <laughs> I don't want so much masculine energy. I think that would. that's one thing that I notice that gets in women's way. Yeah. Especially what I like about what's happening in your situation that's fascinating, you just kind of noticed it, was that while you're putting yourself forward in the world and while you're becoming more of the person that you are, you're actually becoming more of the woman that you are. Mm-hmm. And where I think some women get lost, and I know this happened to me in my first career when I lived in New York and I worked all the time, 
was actually ended up with more BDE. I was more masculine than I had ever been in my life, mm-hmm. and I didn't want it. And I had to actually work back. So that's why I keep saying BV, yeah. and I don't mean big vagina. <laughs> I, see, I mean I big energy I had, from my vagina. Like, I watch so many friends like date. I never had an issue dating. And I watched so many friends go through all these problems, and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, well, he called, and you know, he wanted to go here, and then he picked me up, and there was so much traffic, so I told him which way to take, and yeah. I told him to go this way, mm-hmm. and then she's I wanted immediately to go emasculated him. Yeah, and she just chopped off his balls right there in the car. Like, there's something about that, like, and I've always enjoyed it naturally, so like, I love a, I like a take- guy oh, that take charge. God, we're going here. This is where we're going. Like, so just sit down and yeah, enjoy the ride because I'm taking like, us there. I've made, you know, like I made the reservations, even if it's not my favorite place. They took the time to, to do it. To do it. And that's so sweet. And so I, I think like prize the hell out of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> prizing, make yeah. them feel good for their choices. Exactly. And, and us, we need prizing too, you know, and just sitting there in the car. Like, can you just relax and enjoy the journey? That is so much about receptivity. Yeah, this person, yeah. this person has planned the night, done all that for you. And I, I do think, and, and let's be curious what you think about this. When we have kids, we actually end up with a little more masculine energy, even when we're moms, because we have so much to take care of. For sure. Which yeah. then I think it's in the way of the it sensuality does. and the sexuality. And that's how we lose ourselves, because we have to put that those pants on for a while for sure it's like it's like we have to provide a lot in a day that isn't receptive and it's weird because the role is mother so it's it's a funny thing so as you grew through that and you started claiming your career you didn't go the route of putting on a masculine job you didn't strap one on so to speak (laughs) (laughs) strap on your bd you stayed with the more feminine energy you stayed in that in your career you were able to do that and you were very successful so now what are you feeling is awakening in you at this like kids are a little bit older and and what's happening i feel like i'm stepping i'm stepping even further into that like sensual kind of getting back to that kind of more spontaneous like you know, sex was so planned, you know, it can be so like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like, right. yeah. it's just getting to be like, there's more, there's just more time as your kids get older. And I think, yeah. you know, they're in school, whatever. It's just, there's more time for myself. Afternoon delight. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the best times. Yeah. And even just knowing that you're going to, they're going to sleep through the night. So you're yeah, not going to have like to get up in half an hour. I like and what I don't like and what I like. Because it changes as it we changes. get older. Yeah. It totally changes. It what does. do you find has changed with you? I think just like the spontaneity thing, you know, like even just being just, I don't know. Like I think because I have more time, I like I find myself thinking about sex more. Mm. And I don't really ever remember doing that. You know, when you're like changing diapers or like <laughs> never remember thinking about sex. Yeah, That's like, probably good. Like, not right to be now. thinking about where I was like, I'm good if I never have sex again. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like legit. I think I thought that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely know I thought went that. through a significant amount of time where yeah. I was like, nope. Probably all our exes could probably tell us about that. Or <laughs> and now I look back on that woman. I'm like, can't even believe she existed or behaved that way. Yeah. or was so like shut off. And I did. I thought it that that was going to be. Yeah, the rest of my life. And it was scary. Yeah. And what's really funny for me, just as we're talking about this, is that at this point in my life where I'm almost 60 is, wow, this is the most sexual time of my life. That's amazing. It's so much fun. I love it. It gives it's me so, much, so much, fun. much to look forward to. I know. Because I was definitely brought up with 
once you're 40, done. Oh, yeah. Done. I mean, think done, about them. I love this part of USM where we did the, um, like the age stage. Generativity. And the generative. Mm-hmm. And you think yeah. about, and you think about all these ideas you get of aging from like the people that you've watched age in your family. Right. And the things and, like, they've said and implanted. And the things they've said and the activities that it's just like, you have a choice. And I don't think I realized that. I thought this is what happens. Right. As you get older. I've even, even this, like the whole menopause, when you hit menopause, that's it. Like, yeah. Shop closed. And it's like, <laughs> that was so depressing to it's think so about. so depressing. You know but how yeah. freeing Catherine. it is? <laughs> it's She's so, so freeing. Sexy. You cannot yeah. get Both pregnant anymore. Yeah. It is like the most cr- incredible thing. I remember when I really knew that my period was over, really, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I was in my mid-50s, so I was lucky. I had a really nice long time where I was really fertile, which kept me really alive and youth- yeah. more youthful. And um, I, the first time I slept with a man after I really knew that happened, I woke up in the morning, and for the first time in my life, I could feel this— <gasps> Oh, I cannot get pregnant. Yeah. Like that thought of like I can't. And you're like, and if I do, then it's a miracle and I need yeah, to bring it to the it's, world. Right? <laughs> it's the Christ child. It's just it's just an amazing experience. And I've heard men really talk about this this that freedom. Thing, the freedom of yeah. your girlfriend cannot get pregnant. Yeah. And um the the men who date younger women mm. miss that experience. Interesting. And they they end up with sort of an interesting conversation. I've heard one time this happening with older men who have wives or women in their lives who are closer to their age versus younger and how much they get to like totally tease the guy who's dating a younger woman because he's still dealing with all of right. that. It's so stressful to be like close so to 60 stressful. And, like think you could get someone pregnant. And it happens. Oh yeah, and it happens. It and happen. then you're like Picasso and now kids, I have like a baby at 60, who right? Did? Picasso? Oh jeez. <laughs> I don't remember that about he his did, story. Yeah. He fathered kids at like 85 or something. Wow. Well, and at that that point, it's yeah. not a big deal cuz you're like, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to be around. Problem. I'm not paying for college for this one. I won't live long enough to see them turn into an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to be the asshole first. I'm going to be a crotchety old man. Oh my gosh. So anyway, it's fun to know. It's it's great cuz you ladies are younger and just to see you sort of reawakening from childbearing years and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. like wow, okay. We keep growing in our sexuality and and we we started this um with the song Sexual Healing. And that's what I would say is really the key is the more and more sexual experiences you have, the more and more healing you have, Mm -hmm. the better and better you choose your partners or the better work you do with your one partner, you are more capable of having better and better sex because it's safer, more connected, deeper. You go to places you would never have dreamed of going when you were younger. I love that because I think in my 20s before I had children, like, it's like I needed healing from those sexual experiences. <laughs> but right? a different like, type of healing. A different type. But now it's like, I don't know, sex just wasn't – I wasn't awakened enough to even know what – I don't know. But it was were we even present in our 20s? Like, yeah, I was like I don't kinda... even know. I mean, half mm-hmm. the time I was – like drunk, drunk, or, or yeah, I know, right? Like, I feel like drunks. I hate drunk sex. Like, ooh, I don't. It's not. Yeah, it's not something I'm interested in anymore. The whole sexual healing, though, like just when you brought it back, I was thinking, like, I don't think people talk about it a lot. But after you've done, okay, just say the typical, you're married with children, and you, you go through that numb period, 
no one really talks about the sexual healing time mm. that needs to happen in order to come back together as a partner. I feel like that's where the divorces happen. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not so enough many. attention on there's something broken and it's okay and it needs to be healed. And it's everyone kind of goes through it and no one really talks about how to move through it. Right. Yeah. They go, oh, I, go to therapy, and it's like, it's, I think it's different. It's coaching more than therapy. I think it's really like, you do you first recognizing that you have a break in your connection, that breaking your sexual connection is actually a problem. Because we don't see it as a break in connection. We see it as, it's done, it's over, I'm never going to I'm not attracted sex. to this person. Exactly. Yeah, there, this, is, this can't possibly it's be changed. right. I've changed. He's changed. Mm-hmm. Everything's changed. Now what? Right. And, you know, some couples manage to keep having sex, but I feel like it's almost that they it can become sort of perfunct. What's the word? Perfunctory. Like, Absolutely. Like, this is we have sex on Wednesday nights or we and that never really, you know, people are like we'll just schedule it. It's like, well, that's not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but at least it's sex for somebody. I, I think it's fascinating this this conversation that we've. Yeah, I don't of, know the answer, but I it don't seems either. Like but people should, should know. <laughs> Well, people should know that sex should get better. Yeah. So if sex should get better, but you don't want to have it, yeah, it's time to look. Well, within. I think you, if you don't it, know that if there's a point where you don't want to have sex, like you're not broken, right? Like there's nothing. You're just. It's nothing wrong with you. It's. I think it's natural. I didn't think I was. I guess I didn't think I was broken. I just thought that that was naturally that was it. That's yeah. normal. That after having kids, that that part dies, and you like move on to something else. Yeah. You move on to like tennis PTA. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no more. Um, but then no you more... meet the tennis pro and he's really hot. And then all right, of a sudden a, you wake in your sexuality again. Right? It's true. Like it can happen. I see. I see it. Yeah. It's like a dormancy. What if we yeah. just thought of it as a dormancy? Like those years when you're really heavily parenting and with really young children, it's almost a, a survival thing to it go dormant. Right. Yeah. And then and then knowing that we want to wake that back up. And I hope for our listeners who are listening to this, because we're sort of discovering this conversation right. as we go today, which is super fun. Because we look at our partners as a thing that's wrong with our sexuality. And then we meet new and people that in, all of a sudden spark some inspiration in us. And we go, oh, no, I am. There is something still alive in there. And we attach Krista it to Krista keeps pointing at her crotch, which is really hilarious. <laughs> she's the one that wanted myself. to be the big tit girl. But now she's pointing at her crotch. So. <laughs> I'm with Betty gosh. White. <laughs> but it's like we attach that reawakening to, to maybe person. Yes. this person. I don't care if it's the checkout guy at the grocery store. If we get that little feeling <laughs> inside, it's like, oh, it's it's about that person. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, it's not about that person. It's just like there's something still in there that is, you know, ready to move. Let me out. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I want to play. I love how my vagina sounds like someone's stuck in a dungeon. <laughs> Catherine's is a cat. Catherine's no! a cat. <laughs> An Italian cat. Please Let's be very careful with that cat. I don't know what the hell mine is. <laughs> we know you. it's tight. I think we established that earlier. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> very happily so. Oh, Not everyone perfect. can say that after three kids. <laughs> it's true. No. And it's all perfect because we really um, have such a lot of exploring to do about our own bodies and our own sexuality. And I really appreciate you being so authentic and open with us and sharing your journey and, you know, what things started to awaken in you 
And yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. It's a fun topic. So where are you now? Inside. Where are you now? Well, I am here in a slip dress in a basement in LA. <laughs> in a in big, beautiful house. That's right, in the dungeon. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I think what I was just about to say is as our insides, we like retap into ourselves mm-hmm. and get in touch with our creativity and our inner artist and our inner goddess, and we allow those sides to start reawakening and coming back. I feel like for myself, that's where I gained my power back a little bit. That's where I got my courage back, my bravery, and Mm -hmm. I allowed my body to come back, and I allowed myself to start using my body again, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, it's really a beautiful thing. So I feel like with I've because I've known you for several years, and I've got to watch you as you have stepped into yourself more uh, strongly and know who you are more, and you're stepping out in the world and becoming like the true essence of yourself and sharing it with the world. Right. I feel like I've just watched you blossom in such a huge way. Yeah, I just I really want to appreciate you because there's a sharing that you've done mm-hmm. that is so generous. Uh that you took the chance and you had the willingness to share yourself so fully that you have a huge impact you're making on the world. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a way of being of service that maybe some people wouldn't notice was actually what you're doing, mm-hmm. but it is a way of inviting empowerment for women. And I hope all of you who are listening and know and already love Andrea and our listeners who are getting to know her really see how brave and generous it is well, because you, you, so you are really giving of yourself in the deepest way and taking big risks and being such um, such a model for women to really go for it and go for it with your feminine in mm, front, right. not yeah. with some big balls kind <laughs> of energy. Chuck, uh, chuck chuck nuts. Nuts. <laughs> not chuck nuts hanging from the back of your car. You got but a nice little, you, you got a rose you know, or you got some yeah. lips. We definitely all need it. Yeah. Because we have you parts have a of little us. little of that. Right? Absolutely. I just remember like a couple of times growing up where people like would say things about like you're dressed too sexy or you're being too sexy. And I would be like, well, I don't know, I'm like, what does that mean? You know, like it wasn't something. Where's I was the line I should doing. draw? Yeah, so it's just like, too. It's like, who the fuck cares? Like, I'm like sexy. I might get myself a job yeah. where I can use my full on sexy yeah, self. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's not, you know, for the workplace to be walking around like in your what, workplace. What I'm wearing, <laughs> your workplace, your own yeah. workplace. That's so right. holy wanna... fuck, is a workplace where we get to walk around right. talk about it. Like, and, you know, just never say that to a young girl because what the hell, you know? you know? what do you think about the thought that some of us are actually born with more sexual, so more estrogen or whatever it is that draws us into a place where we're more sexual? And I think all three of us, the reason we're here today yeah. is because this is energy that really moves us. Right. I do think every woman has this energy, but I do think some of us more than others have this in us. And we have been told from a very early age we're beautiful, we're sexy, we're this, we're that. And it does draw all sorts of experience in mm-hmm. for us, some good, some bad. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just the fact of people reflecting to you, you're very sexy, and they call it too sexy because right. they don't know what to do with it. Exactly. It's, it's scary for them. I know what to do with you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> do not go to the butt plug again. Oh, that's why. That's oh why God. I need no, I'm going to need a strap on. No. <laughs> And maybe on that, okay, note. on that note, I think we're That's up. a whole other episode. I feel. 
So um, tell our listeners again um, where they can find you. So my Instagram is at Andrea Loveoff, and my website is dopassmom.com. Awesome. And we yeah. can verify she's a total dope ass mom. Yes, and we're yeah. so glad Thank you are so, so, so much. Fun. Thank you guys. We love yeah. you. We love, love you. you. Love Bless our you. listeners. Share the love. Share everyone. the love, everyone. Share the love. Bye. Bye. Bye.